You're listening to the Assembly of Fantasy Footballers Anonymous podcast. The Tongue Tavern Tufelhunters, Pawnee Perverts, Brown Sugar, Trouble Man, Velocirap Stars, Bob at Tits, Team Mo Sucks, Robo Stingers. Welcome in to episode six. This is Christmas in the Assembly. You've just heard probably the most epic introduction for teams who don't make a championship. Those were the eight teams in our league from last place through third that are not contending this year. Indeed, for one lucky team, though, uh, Christmas will come a couple of days early. And this season is a little bit different as we will present the first ever Keeper Trophy to this year's champ. Since there is no Thursday night football this week, the Assembly of Fantasy Footballers Anonymous would officially like to present you with a championship weekend kickoff. AFFA Championship Preview. In one semifinal matchup, we had a shootout between the league's top two scoring teams, the Robo Stingers and Fruit of My Lions. Isaac miraculously overcame a Thursday night 47 point deficit to defeat Mo with a near record breaking semifinal score. The 137.7 put up by Mo is the most ever scored by a losing team in playoffs. It wasn't much more than the 136.5 points that Kylon scored in the 2017 playoffs as the number one seed, only to lose to Gumby, who scored a semifinal record of 156.5. Now, the last time a three seed and a four seed faced off in a championship, which is what we have between Jeff and Isaac, respectively, was in 2017 when Gumby did the exact same thing that Isaac just did in round one. He scored 150-plus to beat a one seed who scored in that 130 range, and then said as the number three seed defeated the number two with nearly 140 points, sort of like Jeff did this year against A-Ray. So there are a couple of strange parallels here between the 2017 season and the 2019 season, as far as playoffs go. Now, in a perfect world where patterns hold true 100% of the time, Jeff is doomed here as that three seed. If we think back to Gumby, his 151 points that he put up in the championship that year as the four seed, they far surpassed said sub-100 effort in the championship round, which we know Jeff is capable of. But if we revisit that tw- this 2019 season, it's very evident that either of these teams, not just Jeff, but either of these teams in the championship could poop their big boy pants and score under triple digits. We just have to hope that they both don't do this here in week 16 because that would be an anticlimactic ending to an otherwise epic AFFA season where we just witnessed the team with the third most points come in last place. Now, I had a chance to catch up with each of these championship contenders for our feature presentation. I got on Skype with them and and talked to them and interviewed. So here is the first of the two interviews. Fruit of my lions. Isaac, you're, you're back in playoffs now for the second year in a row. Congratulations to you. Indeed. Indeed. How does it feel? 
No, I fell ass first into the playoffs. I lost into the playoffs. So felt pretty good winning that first game, the first with, round. With a, a huge win as the yeah. underdog. Yeah, that's kind of – if you look through the season, that's kind of the way my season's gone is like up and down. I I lose to the uh, the bottom of the of the league, it seems like, and and beat the best. So, Although I think I did lose to Mo earlier this season. Yeah, well – funny you bring that up because when i was i was actually recording for i was trying to do a a pre-round one podcast and the research stuff that i was doing kind of on the season you you remember how in the past i've done um standard deviations for everybody's scoring to see how consistent they were yeah i did that again this year and you were by far the most inconsistent well not by far but you were <laughs> the most inconsistent team because you'd score as high as 185 or 183 points one week and then score in the eighties the next week. So there's like more than a hundred point swing. So you're definitely, you were definitely more of that boom or bust team for sure. Uh, let's just start off. What would you say is the biggest difference between your team this year and last year when you lost in round one to a Ray? And I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think it's wide receivers, honestly, just a stronger core. I had some guys, you know, like Cortland Sutton, who were there last year, but they definitely came on a lot stronger this year. I mean, even – and I think Russell Wilson was more consistent this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, my record – I don't know that – my record's worse than than last year. Yeah, you had nine wins, yeah. I believe, last year. So, I mean, I don't even know – I don't even know if there is a difference. You know, Saquon Barkley – I mean, those two losses are probably because of him not performing. Yeah, injury, dealing with the injury, and then um, him coming back and not being the Saquon Barkley of old. Fortunately, you got him back at round one. Heck yeah, with a vengeance. With a vengeance. And you couple that with uh, Russell Wilson had a decent day and then Christian McCaffrey doing his thing. So that running back position really helped you out. So of uh, of all your wins... In the past 12 years, since we started this league, how does this one win against Mo stack up? Oh, it's pretty good. That was a man. I was low going into that game, man. I, I mean, watching watching Lamar Jackson r- rattle off 50, roughly 50 point mm-hmm. game. It's kind of starting a week on Thursday. That's a long. That's a long couple days until Sunday to see how my team performs. Absolute had, torture. Yes, I had no doubt I was lost at that point. I mean, I did not expect Saquon Barkley to get his 30 points. Hopefully he shows up again this week. Yeah, I kind of laughed because I was looking the ESPN stuff. Field Yates was saying after Thursday night, he'd be surprised if anyone could overcome the Thursday (laughs) night performance by Lamar Jackson. And sure enough, you made it happen in the AFFA. I don't know what happened across other other formats but my guess is the ownership of both christian mccaffrey and saquon barkley is a rare thing amongst the esp oh yeah football leagues yeah and absolutely an advantage to keeper league something you just don't get to experience elsewhere yeah well isaac you are two and oh believe it or not against jeff in playoffs in his in the history of playoffs You've met with him twice, and you've won both times. Tell us why you'll be 3-0, and and what humiliation do you have planned for the Juggernauts franchise if and when you win? 
Oh, I think we'll let the score speak for itself on humiliation. I don't know, man. I, I was looking at, at Jeff's team today, and it's it's a little bit banged up, man. Jo- he's got Josh Jacobs out. I mean, I know he's got his handcuff there playing, but I don't expect him to do the same, which I'm I'm kind of happy with going into the championship. I think my team might be hitting the strides. You know, it's funny. I looked at the uh, – which I don't know how much stock I put in the uh, the matchup analysis on ESPN, where it shows like the top of the league, bottom of the league, who's you know as you're going in, whether it's green or red, you know, whether you're up against the 32nd defense in the league or the mm. first defense, because I feel like it's hard to game plan like that. You never know. You kind of it's kind of more in depth than that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. But from top to bottom, I mean, it looks like I'm playing. I've got good matchups. I think Christian McCaffrey was the only one who's going up a good against a good defense. Maybe my kicker or something stupid, which I don't <laughs> even know why I put that metric on ESPN. That's turned out quite nicely for you. Yeah. Even though you drafted Justin Tucker and traded him away, you still got a pretty um, pretty good replacement there. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, – I mean, I got a – essentially, we did – I mean, what is – Tucker's three and and Butker's two or something like that right now. As something far as like kick, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one and two the whole season. So you do that, and then I think Keenan Allen and – and uh, what's his name from Seattle that I traded? Uh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Tyler Lockett. I think they've been – I mean, it's like 14 or 15. They've been switching back and forth too. Yeah. But the thing makes it not a horizontal is that I got, also got that draft pick. And Devin Singletary. <laughs> I forgot Devin Singletary's lit it the lit it the f- up. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's he's, a, uh, he's pulled me out of some some uh, rough times. I mean, all through the season when he's been healthy. He's a little guy too. He's like five eight, I think. Yeah, five seven or five eight. Now, I, I the trade doesn't the trade still works out for Kylan. I think he got a really good keeper out of Tyler Lockett there. Um, I have, by the way, paid him his $10 because I lost that bet with him. I think Tyler Lockett is now at 68 receptions. I didn't think yeah. he'd go over 65. So, And it's probably going to help out with the whole, uh, you know, the breaking news on, uh, what's his name, Josh Gordon. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, Ty, Tyler Lockett made, I think, the best catch in the NFL this year when they played. I think it was when they were playing the Rams, and he made that catch in the corner of the end zone. Just it just showed, oh, it was it was it was amazing. They've they've had a commercial about it, like the percentage was three percent or something, three percent chance based on t- statistics and all this stuff. And they're like, hey, how'd you make that happen, Russ? He's like, I don't know, just like that. But it's beautiful catch. It just shows how talented Tyler Lockett is. Oh, for, but, sure. for sure. Yeah, and he's he's not that old either. I mean, it's not Keenan Allen's definitely his days are numbered. But mm. to get Devin Singletary and then another second round pick, you know, that's I'll I'll take it every day because I'm gonna I mean I'll keep Keenan Allen and I'll keep Devin Singletary, both of them more than likely. Oh, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at my team, that's I mean I'm pretty sure I, and I'm I'm kind of glad it's worked out this way. I've got almost exactly eight people. There might be one debatable in there, but. I don't tend to – there tends to be people I just have on my team in case someone gets hurt. Yeah. Well, that's well, good. Year, 
I've definitely had to float some wide receivers in there week to week. Yeah, pretty volatile situation. Kylan's favorite word, volatile, but so appropriate <laughs> in many in many ways in fantasy. Um, yes. Well, so here's some nice record-breaking news for both you and Jeff. Uh, so 2017, when Gumby and Said won in the first round and advanced to the, the championship, they set a record for most combined points of round one teams, round one winners. Um, with 296.3 points. This year, you and Jeff beat that with a combination of 299.7 points. So congratulations there. Now, you obviously had the most points this week in the league, um, so obviously in the playoffs, in the semifinal there. If you were to score 154.3 points this week, excuse me, you can break Gumby's record of most points scored in playoffs. So what about your starting – we kind of touched on this, but what about your starting lineup will help you get there and what will – in contrast to that, what will hinder you from getting there? So the obvious the obvious one is if your running backs hit and Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean it, that's exactly what it is. I mean I've had to – you know, I, I've definitely had to temper my expectations. I went after uh, – like we said earlier, so the running backs have to hit obviously, but – the wide receivers are where I've got the most question. And then early this week, you know, I went after tight ends and Jeff, uh, tight ends and defense, I could see were not going to be in my favor this week for my teams. So me going after them and Jeff annoyingly or smartly went after a tight end just to keep them off my team. Defense. (laughs) And who says there's no defense in fantasy football? One hundred percent. He picked up whatever. I don't even know what Tyler Higby. Yeah, Tyler Higby. That's exactly who it was. Former Arkansas tight end, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the so it's basically it basically comes down to the tight end, defense, special teams, and and the volatility of your wide receivers. Shoot, the volatility. What, Saquon that, Barkley too. I mean. Yeah. Okay, so that's what could hinder you. Heck yeah. I mean, my team has every, I mean, that's with every fantasy football uh, week to week. I mean, mm-hmm. you, they've got to perform. You can have the best players on the, in the world and them not perform where they get injured. Man, Josh Jacobs going down. I, that is, that's, that's good for me. I can tell you that much. That's because he's almost a guaranteed at least 12 points, 12 to 15 points. Mm. Well, you know, for me personally, I would love to see, in that running back wide receiver flex. Well, no, I guess in his case, he would just move, you know, if it were me personally, I'd be moving, uh, whoever he had, who, which running back does he have? Oh, Connor move Connor into the running back wide receiver flex. And then in his true flex, me as the Redskins fan, I would love to see scary Terry McLaurin in there, but <laughs> you know, Jeff know. and wide receivers. I don't think he likes that boomer bust chance. I don't know. Exactly. I think you just hit the nail on the head with him. Yeah. Well, what percentage of luck do you think is needed to get to this point, the championship, in any given season? Like luck versus strategy? Yeah. Like if there's a skill component to fantasy, how much luck is needed to kind of overcome and and get to the championship? Man, that's a that's a good question because there's luck in picking your players right out of the gate. You can analyze and you can see, like you can see, 
you know, picking Christian McCaffrey first overall versus Leonard Fournette as me seeing it, see it like reading the play on the field or just pure luck because mm-hmm. I've read the play on the field before and, and been completely wrong. You know, I've, you know, kept Eddie Lacy and Eddie Lacy be a dud one year, you know, so there, I, I, I think it's more luck than it is skill. I'm going to go 75, 25, 75, 25. Wow. Okay. I truly think it is. I mean, especially with scoring on a week-to-week basis and who you're up against. I mean, there's overall like you. It's just like Mo playing me this week. Like he scored 135 points. You know, it's and then lost. I was like, that's he would win every other week. Yeah. Well, the good the good news is is that sorry, the good news is both teams who advanced had the highest of the four playoff teams. Yeah. Well, in the league entirely too. So that was really refreshing, honestly, to see. Doesn't often happen. Aces in their places. Aces in their places. (laughs) So tell me, Isaac, how bad do you want that brand new keeper trophy we've got? It's mine. I want it. I've already scratched my name on it. (laughs) Do you like the idea of funding one of these every year? Yeah, I, th- yes, I do. I, I, however, I do like the history of uh, of the plaque. Oh, we'll keep that up for sure. Yeah, I like I like the idea of of the two items because I think we can even if we run out of spaces, we can just start buying those plaques and mounting it all down the back of it. I mean, we can keep that going for years to come. Absolutely. And then you're talking about seven bucks to keep that up every year to get it engraved. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah. So we keep the perpetual trophy going for historical sake, kind of the novelty. And then we've got the keeper trophy now that is uh, a a nice reward for the winner every year. And like we said, we're going to, we will uh, collect money every year until we can basically retroactively award every winner from 2013 on. So you'll have a couple more. Uh, no matter what happens this year, you'll get at least a couple, which will be That's nice for you. Things fresh, you know? Yeah. And, and do you think, do you think $10 a year per owner would be an issue? Not with me. I don't, <laughs> I don't hey, know. I paid, I paid $15 for a race chili one year. <laughs> we can definitely do 10 for trophies and obviously podcasts. The podcast costs money too, so anyway, well, that's a that's a subject for another day. This interview is about you, not not the league. Uh, I have actually got one more question for you, Isaac. Is there any chance we might see a Doctor Chaos MD throwback ever? Doctor Chaos MD. Uh, I don't even. What was that? My original name. That was uh, one of that was one of your team names within the first. I think that was your first team name. Oh, I, I didn't even remember that. Honestly, I, I as you said it, I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a name. Uh, yeah. No, I've been running strong with the Lions for a while. Maybe I do need to switch it up. We'll see how this this year goes. Because it's yeah. hard to switch it up if I win a championship again. I like seeing that name on the trophy three or four yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you should. I don't think you should change your team name, the Fruit of My Lions. It, it doesn't get any better than that. I'm just saying, like, you know, what if one week we had a throwback week and everybody kind of went back to their just for that one week went back to their their old team names 
<laughs> I had forgotten like, about that. Like a throwback awesome. uniform. Heck yeah. I'm down. Dr. Chaos. Well, um, I'm going to see you very, very soon because you are family and we are doing Christmas. We'll see if we can get together and kind of have a watch party for the championship this coming Sunday. I'm down. Get some people to hang out. Either way, Isaac Salzman, owner of Fruit of My Lions, back in the championship for the third time, first time since 2015. Dear brother-in-law, best of luck to you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that was the conversation I had with Isaac earlier today. Isaac, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to your season and your playoff run here. And again, best of luck to you. Now, I also I also got to catch up with Jeff, and um, this one wasn't as easy to arrange, but fortunately he uh, made some sacrifices and gave me about 15 to 20 minutes of his time. So here is his uncut interview. Lexington juggernauts. Uh, Jeff, congratulations to you on making it to your fifth championship, your fifth really? championship appearance. Yeah. That's a lot. You've been to four, you've won two. Well, that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. That's not bad. It's a lot better than I can say for sure. Well, this, <laughs> this was your first trip in three years, not only to playoffs, but the championship as well. Uh, what were what were the main factors for you as a team owner that helped you get there? Uh, actually, even in retrospect, it was a lot. It didn't have to even be as close as it was because I, I had some narrow losses. Lost one game by .8 points and another game by five when Rodgers had only nine. So uh, I actually did better than I thought I was going to do. Um, but just making moves, never really being happy, and and I honestly did did a lot more risky stuff than I had done in the past. Where you know I I didn't keep the extra running back on the bench. Uh, you know I looked to move him, uh, even when that that packaged him with Austin Hooper to get a Devontae Adams to strengthen my wide receiver core. You know, kind of beef up my draft next year. You know, that's just. I was really just trying to be a little bit more, uh, well, be a little less conservative, be a little bit more aggressive and make more risky moves and see how it turned out. And the waiver wire had been very good to me. I feel like I got probably close to 99% of the guys I put waivers in for. It was really pretty remarkable. There were a couple. I think Kenyon Drake I put in for, and I obviously didn't get him, but I can't remember any other bigger name that I didn't get, uh, you know, Austin Hooper, I picked up off of waivers, which turned out to be quite nice. Ended up flipping him in, in, you know, as a package with Chris Carson, uh, which hurt, but I think I did pretty good. So would you say that trade, would you say that trade with Tarek was a pivotal moment for you this season? Because you were kind of on the fence for most of the season as far as playoffs went. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I had a pretty I had a pretty bad stretch to start out with, and then I had a pretty good stretch right in the meat of it where I really felt like it was coming, and that was right after that trade. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it did, it did really well. Um, yeah, I would have to say that was a pretty pivotal, and hopefully it doesn't 
bite me because Chris Carson's playing really well, and I'd kind of like to have him on my team right now. <laughs> but uh, Devontae Adams is, you know, he's getting loosened up and starting to perform too. So, uh, yeah, I think I was at a huge deficit at wide receiver. I needed something, I need, I, and I, I got Adams, and I'm tickled to death about it. Uh, so, yeah, that was – that's definitely a big, big deal. Well, good. I'm glad it worked out for you. I'm not sure A-Ray feels that way, but it is what it is. It is so what the, it is. The um, the league average this year on a weekly basis, if we averaged out all 10 teams, so take the 14-week season and divide each week by 10 and the, and the total points that we scored as a league, um, the league average was 114 points per week per team. So that's kind of like the median score for if you put all of us together. You won twice with less than 100 points and ultimately placed ninth in points against, so the second least points against this year. So the haters are going to be arguing that this is sheer luck. What rebuttal or defense do you have for that? Oh, you know, they're not they're not necessarily wrong. There's a whole lot of luck involved and that's the those are the numbers you can't deny the numbers Mm -hmm. uh you know everybody can list off all the things that didn't go well for him this season and all the things that went remarkably well like i've already pointed out i lost a game by 0.8 when rogers had less than 12 and then i lost one by five when rogers had less than 10 instead of so rogers was my achilles heel all season long (laughs) Uh, even a medium, I could have streamed quarterbacks and done better. Is this the uh, end of an era in the Juggernauts franchise with Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. You never know. Maybe. It's a – if I can get somebody, if I feel like I can get somebody else, I might move in that direction. Man, I feel I'll, like give you, with... <clears throat> I'll give you a bowl of A-Ray's chili for Aaron Rodgers. That's a good deal. Shoot, that's expensive chili. <laughs> See, so it's a good offer. It's a good, and then maybe I might have to think about that. No, I would. I, I, Rogers will stay on my team. There's no doubt about that. Rogers will stay on my team, but I will. I just out of necessity, I have to start looking. Uh, yeah. But I think Matt Lafleur being a new coach, a new system, we've got. Good lord. Does anybody know the wide receivers on our team other than Adams? I don't. So, you know, we'll MBS. see what we'll see. Well, I I know you know who they are. Oh, you know they disappear. We end up with MVS or Geronimo Allison or Lizer or Fackrell or you know it's like golly guys, can we pick up somebody? But anyway, no. Rogers was was definitely my hurt, my biggest hurt this season. I felt like I, I came into the season with an extremely strong running back squad. I can't control how many points go against me. Uh, so it is what it is. Yeah, yeah you, I, I had some things go my way. You did what you had to do. So your first-round opponent, by the way, I, and I talked with Isaac about this in our, in our Skype interview, but the two of you combined – uh, well, first of all, you were the top two scoring teams in the league, which is nice to see the top two scoring in week 15 go on to the championship. But your scores combined actually set a record, of, um, AFFA no record. No kidding. 
for the most points scored between the semifinal winners. Uh, previously, that was um, in 2017 when Gumby, as the number three seed, actually, and said as the number f- no, I'm sorry, said was the number three seed. Gumby was the number four seed, and Gumby, that's when he put up the 150 whatever it was. Um, the two of them combined for 296.3 points. Yeesh. And um, and the two of you, between you and Isaac, you both combined for just under 300 at 299.7. So you broke that record by about three. So congratulations there. But um, I digress. Your first round opponent was Team Mo Sucks, your beloved A-Ray. Um, and, and that team, he actually had the hottest team entering playoffs, believe it or not. He was averaging... Over the last five weeks of the regular season, he was averaging just over 130 points per game, which was more than any other playoff team. You were averaging the less, so it was like the tale of two different stories there. Yeah, um, I mean, but, but your a- team did well. Your team did what it had to do in this first round, irrespective of a Ray's underwhelming score, because you know you you beat his average five week average heading into playoffs of 130 anyway. Um, so how did? I'm really curious about this because I, um, it's one thing I'm terrible about. How how did you go about setting that lineup of yours? Um, kind of talk through your thought process. Well, it was a, and I think you and me talked about it prior. It was a, uh, I knew A-Ray's team was good. And I knew, I, I didn't necessarily know it was a quote unquote hot team, but I knew his team could uh, could hit and hit real hard. And I'm I'm very fortunate that it didn't. Uh, hit real hard because 140 whatever points I ended up with, he could have easily have beaten on on the right week, and it just wasn't the right week. <clears throat> but uh, I set my lineup so knowing that I had to hit hard, I couldn't take a chance on Rogers not doing something. So I saw Jameis Winston, and I said, "Man, this guy's you know." Well, all the stars aligned with Jameis Winston. I put him in. Amari Cooper, I couldn't sell out, although I should have. Uh, and I just put him in and hoped. I was buying in on Tampa Bay. That was the one thing that I was definitely doing. Because Tampa Bay looked like they can't run the ball. And Jameis Winston throws enough picks that he's got to throw his way out of it. And so I, if, I, if I was smart, I would have picked up Bashard Perriman. But... I thought O.J. Howard, I thought Jameis Winston, and roll with them and see what I can do. And it it, it worked out really well. Yeah, and everybody, everybody else did what they have been doing. Zeke. Mm. Zeke performed. Josh Jacobs did well. Uh, James Conner came back and scored a touchdown. Devontae Adams. I mean, these aren't people that, you know, if I had put Perriman in, I would be like, whoa, I pulled that one out of my ass. But I didn't. If you look at my team, they did what they they did what they've been doing, what they should do. So yeah, through through the midway through the uh, season when you were consistently up in that one twenty one thirty range. Yeah, 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 which was my goal. I was every single week I was trying to hit one thirty, but I just they tanked. And if that if that had happened in the playoffs, I would be sitting out. And it just we all have our ebbs and our flows, and it. That happened to be a down week for A-Ray. And, you know, it just happens. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah, happens to the best of us. Yep. Well, let's move on from your semifinal opponent into the your matchup with Isaac. 
You are in playoffs. You are 0 and 2 against Isaac, including the 2015 championship. Yeah, he's been letting me know. Yeah, well, tell us, tell us why it will be one and two after this weekend. Well, I think he is. I think he's leaning. I think Kenyon Drake is going to be the deciding factor. And let me first say, I would do the same thing he is doing. I would start Kenyon Drake. But I also think I think that he is a catch uh, player. He's going to revert back to the previous weeks. He's not going to get those four touchdowns if he gets a touchdown at all because he's going to be a targeted running back in a, on a not-so-good team. And I have a feeling he's probably going to put up single digits. Uh, Saquon is going to go back to, well, playing on a bad team. Christian McCaffrey, they're, they're starting a third-string rookie uh, quarterback, and they have nothing to play for. So why play Christian McCaffrey that much anyway? I have a feeling they're going to see what they have. They're obviously doing, doing it at the quarterback position. Uh, so I think his heavy hitter running backs, I have a feeling I would not be surprised if each of them scores 25-plus, but I feel like the slight favorite is leaning towards them all three putting up single digits and because they don't have any other reason to play. Saquon has no reason to play. Chris McCaffrey has no reason to play. And Kenyon Drake has no reason. Uh, so they're all three on bad teams. And when it comes down to it, your best weeks are when the teams that your players are playing on have wins. Those will be, more times than not, be your best win. And the Giants aren't going to win. Arizona's not going to win. And Carolina's more than likely not going to win. So that's why I think I'm going to win. So you're banking on the reality of winning NFL teams. Yes. All right. We'll see what this happens. Is time, this is the time of the year. We will see what happens. Well, I, th- I think a few a few of us in the league will be watching closely as the day wears on. Tell me, Jeff, how bad do you want that uh, brand new keeper trophy, the black Lombardi replica? <laughs> it, I, I've already got a place dusted off for it. Wow. Re- ready for it. It's going to be up there. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Jeff, thank you for your time tonight. Thank Lauren for letting me borrow you. And uh, best of luck this weekend. Thank you. I can't wait to uh, beat Isaac. Uh, I think he deserves it. I think he deserves all the the bad things in life. Yes. (laughs) All the bad things in life that happen to people, he deserves to have happen to him. And so uh, he can burn in hell. There you have it. The interview with Lexington Juggernauts owner Jeffrey Moore. Wishing ill will on my brother-in-law. Man, you might want to watch it. You might want to watch it. He's got dudes at his six, and we can come after you. You're a big guy, Jeff, but we can take you down like three of us together. That's it for this week. Enjoy the championship, and most of all, gentlemen, please have a very wonderful and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, Hope to catch up with some of you back in Lexington while I'm there for the week. But if not, we will uh, meet up again soon. A-Ray, hope you're doing well down there in Louisiana. Going to miss you this Christmas, buddy. 
Y'all take it easy. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Assembly of Fantasy Footballers Anonymous podcast. 